You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Nod of the Scribe, and at Locked On Hornets. We are finally two days away from the Dallas Mavericks drubbing, so we don't have to talk about that anymore. That was the last episode. Gave you the reaction pod. James Booknight throwing a backboard alley down 70 is going to be the best moment of the season, regardless of what happens the rest of the year. But we don't have to talk about all that anymore before. Uh, what I w- want to talk about most is Kimball Walker's appearance yes. on the Zach Lowe podcast. We got a couple segments carved out for that. It's going to be a Zach Lowe theme because the third segment, I also want to get pass, to his yeah. league pass rankings. We have not mentioned that yet. Some other people have talked about it, but we haven't. So we're a little slow, but we're going to get to it. We do need to provide some breaking news, though, that's actually taken place within the last 20 minutes as of this recording. One day after the Hornets signed Leangelo Ball to a non-guaranteed deal, they decide to waive him one day later. Now, all of this is just to have some kind of pathway for him to be able to play for the Greensboro Swarm, and this is how it was always going to go down if he was going to be affiliated with this organization. It was never going to be on the main roster. It was always going to be with the G League, and to be honest with you, the fact that he actually is with the G League team it's impressive enough within itself. I've said it a couple times. Never thought he was going to make the 17-man roster with the two-way contracts included, but I always thought after the way he performed in Summer League, it was better than what I expected. And so kudos to him. Because of that, he is a member of the Greensboro Swarm, not officially yet, but you have to imagine that's what's going to take place here. That's why they sign him one day, wave him the very next. So not, I imagine you share kind of the same sentiment as I do. Walker, we've been talking about Leangelo Ball being a de facto member of the Greensboro Swarm since the video started leaking of him playing. I I would say Mm -hmm. none of this is a surprise to any of us. This was, at first, I I thought Exhibit 10, then, again, like, literally, it's one of those things where I I just, I'm not surprised. This is a lot of just... He made it to it there. He was wor- he's worth investing in, and this is one of those Mitch Kupchak open box specials. You develop the kid, see what he has, and then if that's going to be the case, go from there. Like this makes sense just to put him, make sure that he's in the Greensboro Swarm. Yeah, it, it does, and I think we have different valuations on how good he can be, but I think we both agree that he did. There were good things in summer league, and honestly, I, I really am. You know, I, I, it's it's a backhanded compliment. I don't want it to be like that, but I really am impressed with what he was able to do um, in summer league this this year. Like it's 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 not like just it's it's not only a family member spot on Greensboro. Like there was enough there to warrant this, and you do clearly have the added benefit that Lamelo is his brother and you want to appease the potential superstar. So with all that being said, Leangelo probably going to be with the swarm here. That announcement I would imagine is made soon. All right, let's get to the Kimball Walker stuff because yes, he joined the Zach Lowe podcast. And as you would expect, Kimba fascinating on the pod, just a really freaking good dude. And that's nothing new. Everybody loves Kimba. 
Every yes. player in the NBA loves Kemba. He's like a top five good guy in the NBA right now. If you wanted to say top five good guy with every experience you've ever had with a NBA player in history, I wouldn't argue with you. Um, and you can certainly hear that in his conversation with Zach Lowe. He talked about the Charlotte Hornets and he talked about the Celtics, the trade to OKC, the buyout, the New York Knicks. How do you want to divvy this up, Nada? Let, let's. Uh, what I think I want to do first is talk about current Kimba. Yeah, let's and then let's get to about, the Charlotte yeah, let, stuff. Let, let's after get to that. the Charlotte stuff in the second segment. Let's talk about current okay. Kimba. Um, you know, I've just got a whole bunch of lists here. It, it might not be too terribly organized, but it's roughly organized. So one of the things he talks about, Zach Lowe, is one of the first one of the first questions out of Lowe's mouth is about Kimba's knee doesn't remember if there was one specific incidence that took place with with uh, Kimba's knee and, and how it was damaged after that. And Kimba said, yeah, it's not like I had this massive injury that took place. It was just all the wear and tear, you know, and Kimba discusses how he played so many games with such a large load pretty much as soon as he stepped onto the squad yeah. as out of UConn, because remember his first year is the seven and 59 season. We'll get to that in just a moment, but you know, Kimba's mentioning, yeah, I, there was the, the one time I believe I played 82 games. This is what he's talking with Zach Lowe, you know, not, I hear that and he's right. Like we all know this. We all know the mileage that's on Kimba's body. We all know that that knee is messed up. And then he says, yeah, it's not like one thing happened. It's just the wear and tear. It makes me sad because I don't think it's going to get better, you know, like no, it, we're, we're going to have a few good games here and there and, and, and it's not going to get better. No, it's not. But at the same time, I just for me, that was a time like, like we just know, like we know it's similar to Gordon Hayward. You know that he's going to be hurt. It's just a matter of how long the knee with Kemba is going to be the same thing. You expect only so much. And even then. As the years go on, they're going to be diminishing returns. That's okay. I'm completely fine with that. And I think Kemba's completely fine with it. He's just not going to tell you that because he's a competitor like that. So, well, and he says it feels good now, yeah. but you know, it, it's just, it's just when you get into the grind of the season, who knows how it's going to hold up. And I, I think we would all guess that it's not going to hold up great. Certainly at least not like it used to before all of this wear and tear. Yeah, no, like that there's that, like, this is going to be one of those he's going to give you moments and stretches where he's going to remind you of the old Kemba. And then it's going to be one of those situations where he's just old Kemba. That's it. Like mm -hmm. no chance, no chance. Uh, um, some of the other things he talked about, he mentions the trade with Oklahoma City. And I think the thing we can encompass all in one here is how he wasn't exactly appreciative with the way the Boston Celtics handled business. Now, Ooh, he doesn't outright that say that. Familiar. Yeah, he do, it does. It certainly does sound familiar. With small point guards in the NBA, yeah, it does sound familiar. But it, it, it does seem like he's kind of hinting at that. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but you can hear Kimba and some of the things he says. I think it's fair to speculate that he didn't exactly love what Boston was doing business-wise. Kemba said he didn't know he was going to get traded. You know, he talked about some of the reports that there were people in his camp that said, yeah, Kemba's fine with it. He was ready to move on. He was like, no, I, I did not know that I was going to get traded. So I don't know where all of that came from. So, you know, and here Ooh, I am buddy. getting traded to OKC. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, this is, look, you know, I like 
there's there's some defense to the way the Celtics do business because oftentimes they're right moves, oftentimes they're not. But like you know, you can't you can't hold on to Isaiah Thomas at the big boy crazy max, but at the same time, you could handle his exit a lot better than what they did, and it seems like they could have been honest with Kimba. And reason we can speculate that a little more so one because of the history Boston has, but also he praises OKC to no end on the way that Sam Presti handled business loves everybody that had any, you know, had any, uh, affiliation with Kimba down with Oklahoma city's organization. Love Sam Presti's like, look, man, love Sam called me immediately upon the trade, told me what it was straight up was extremely honest with me. Wasn't sugarcoating anything with me, but the month or so that I was there, the training staff was constantly checking up on me, asking how I was doing, asking if I needed anything. He says he wants an OKC Jersey, right? Cause mm-hmm. I, it, it's weird that he wasn't even there. It's like a, it's like an extended Rashid Wallace, Atlanta Hawks type thing. Yes. He never was really there. Um, but he wants, he says he does want a Jersey. So that's kind of funny there. Um, but yeah, just, it, it goes to show, right? Like I, I know this is right up your alley. And I, I can, I can sense you licking your <laughs> lips right now for this tasty little nugget that we're talking about with it, maybe even hinting at a people business, but this is pretty much quintessential prime example, a of the people business stuff, Boston, not handling things correctly. OKC. Who knows if they benefit from this, but it, it doesn't hurt, certainly, to treat Kimbo with the utmost respect like they did. So, yeah, I'm not going to surprise you at all. This is why the people business matters. This is exactly why the people business matters, because clearly Brad Stevens didn't learn a single solitary thing from Danny Ainge where he learned all of this, because if he had, he might have done the, the mere thing about calling somebody and letting them know it's, it's a good p- that, hey, you're yeah. going to get traded. So this gives me like no faith that the Boston Celtics have learned their lesson. You would think well, that would and, be the and first not to thing. interrupt you. Yeah, not to interrupt you. I apologize, but you're right. Like I was I was it, it's just Danny Ainge has been at the forefront of that so often. I've completely forgot that it was Stevens that made the trade. Yeah, like this is Brad Stevens. This was Brad. They there a, a lot of this just tells me no one learned their lesson. And this is why when you have a Sam Presti that does the little things. This is why the little things matter. And it's also why I'm going to form an apology in the second segment. But hey, you know what? We got to get there first. <laughs> That's right. We do. But, and let's go ahead yeah, and do, do that, that right now. And did you want to mention something no, else? Go but, ahead. Well, I'll mention one more thing. But this is why the people stuff matters. Because when the people stuff does happen and does it, it, does, it happens the right way, maybe, just maybe, other players will talk and say, hey, that's a first-class organization. That's why oh, that's why Russell Westbrook stays there, stayed there as long as he did. That's why Durant probably has more issues with the fans in the organization. And that's also why Paul George stayed as long as he did. Like, there's a lot of this. Or just even went there in the first place. Exactly. Well, and we, we, had, we had the drop, right, that, you know, let's throw a Presty party because they got Nas to make sure that Paul George went from and stayed at OKC. Eventually, they trade him. But they would get a ton in return and they would abide by Paul George's wishes. Like, yeah, there, there are some good things there. OKC, certainly a well-run organization. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's talk about Charlotte Hornets. How well are they run? How do they handle Kimba? We'll get to that in just a moment, but not before I have a chance to talk to you about prize picks. All right, NBA fans, have you heard about prize picks? It's a daily fantasy 
app made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks has the best NBA daily fantasy prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. So they've got it all taken care of. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Again, that's Prize Picks. It's a daily fantasy website made easy. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and talk about the Charlotte Hornets Kimball Walker relationship. That's next on Locked On Hornets. This is Locked On Hornets. I don't like doing that unless like I am totally annoyed. I don't drop the big joker in spades or that early. I don't drop the big joker. I only do it when I am officially annoyed and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. The last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Before we get into some more Kemba Walker conversation, wanted to talk to you as well about Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me who's not an elite athlete and instead talks about the elite athletes. We're just trying to make it through the day tension free. It doesn't matter who you are. Theragun can help you with that. Theragun is the handheld percussive, percussive therapy device. I can't pronounce it. That releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed and power and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush the gen 4 theragun doesn't just feel good it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using theragun signature percussive therapy which goes 60 percent deeper than vibration alone good stuff there from theragun it's trusted by 250 professional sports teams like real madrid and elite athletes like paul george who we just talked about rare double dose of Paul George here today, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and it's trusted by me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on therabody.com slash locked on. All right, Nada, let's talk about the Hornets portion of this because there's a lot to get to. Some of it's nostalgia. Some of it you might feel badly because you love Kimba Walker and you want to go back to those times, and maybe that's true. But one reason I wanted to talk about the appearance here, I know you're always hesitant to open the old wounds. You don't want to harp on some of the problems with the past, and I hate that too, to be honest with you. But I also, I think this actually kind of helps you with more closure, to be honest. Yeah, it does. It does. Kimba's appearance on the Zach Lowe podcast, and not you, Nada, but you just the Charlotte Hornet fan in general. And here's what I want to talk about. He talked about his exit from the Charlotte Hornets organization, and he discussed that it really came down to a conversation with Michael Jordan, the owner, of course, of the team. He said leaving Charlotte was hard because he wanted to be here, loves the city. This is nothing new that's reported. We all knew how much Kimba loved it. He still lives here, still loves the city, probably is going to live here for the rest of his life, as he says on the Low Post podcast. But when talking with Michael at that time, when there was a decision to be made, he said they didn't offer the super max and they didn't even really offer the max, which is not new reporting. This is all stuff that we knew even in real time. But I remember Kimba's mom making some comments and she wasn't happy with the way the Hornets did Kimba. And there was a lot of talk about did the Hornets do the right thing and letting Kimba walk? Did they handle it? Okay, maybe he had to move on, but did they handle it the right way? I mean, not the way that Kimba talks here with Zach. I think they actually did it in a pretty 
in a pretty good way. You know, so it's Michael Jordan. It is the CEO of all of this, right? He is the head honcho. He's got the respect to have a sit down conversation face to face with Kimba. And Kimba describes it as Michael was talking to me saying, here's what we can offer you. And Kimba would also go on to say this, Nada. He said, quote, they just didn't have it. And he seems to understand what it was. He talks about how much of the how much on the payroll that they had, of course, with the MKG contract and some of these other contracts that were given out at the time. You know, he talks about how they just didn't have it. And he seems to know that the Hornets were moving on in a different organization. And I don't have any problem with it being Michael Jordan. Maybe you view it as meddling on the owner's part. But man, this is Kemba we're talking about. You know, like this is not somebody that you're going to want to get into the luxury tax for, for a team that didn't get into the postseason. And this is a guy that has knee problems. That was 30 at that point. You were going to have to give him a four or five year contract, which eventually would mean four of those, at least three of those years were going to be bad. That was only going to further hurt you cap wise. And Kimba seems to be really understanding of all of that. And I think it actually helps with some of the more closure you might want as a Hornets fan. My biggest issue, and I think you've heard me talk about this a lot, is that the Charlotte Hornets did not get the people part of this right at all. I thought they failed miserably at that aspect. Come to find out through this podcast that instead the people part was done right. And I do want to bring something up because I know there were some folks that thought that, you know what, Michael Jordan's involved in this and you don't hear any talk about Mitch or anything else like that. And I would argue that in the case of the greatest player in franchise history, maybe the GM shouldn't be involved in that. That should be a one-on-one conversation with the governor and the best player in the franchise. And if they know, and if he let them know early enough that yo, this is the most we can offer you because we are o- over leveraged with the contracts that we have right now. See MKG, see um, Cody Zeller at the time, and we can't move. We can only move them for pennies on the dollar. Like I just, I don't know what you expect. Like I, I kind of like the way this was handled. This is handled completely different from some of the portions that I've heard the way this was handled, but. If the people person part was was handled properly, then I have to offer an apology apology to the Charlotte Hornets because I thought they had bungled this. I thought they had made this mistake. And handling the people part, especially when you're a small to mid-level franchise, matters 100%. That's why if there's no bitterness in all this, then yo, I can't be mad. If there's that means also there's a possibility of this dude coming back at some point to be honored. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't. This is not a, an LJ situation. It's not a Gerald Wallace right? like situation. We, we never. Yeah. Th- no, it's it's nothing like that. And I never thought it even at that time. I thought that it, it it was never too bad for them to honor him. I don't know if, if Kimba Walker would ever play for the Charlotte Hornets again. But as far as the honoring stuff goes, like he matters too much to the city. He loves the city too much. And to be real and to be fair, Kimba is the type of guy that is going to be more accepting of this type yeah. of thing. If he had a little more animosity in him just within his bones, if that's the kind of guy he was, then you know maybe maybe he would be like, nah, I don't care. They should have paid me. I should have gotten mine. F you, which is totally acceptable from some players. 
Panthers if they feel that way, especially with how much a guy like Kimba did for that organization. But he's not. You know, Kemp, this is the kind of guy that Kimba is. Like, that's the thing, man. You know, if, if Michael had a sit-down conversation, the guy that is in charge of everything, and that's how it works, man. These owners with these professional franchises, they ultimately have the number one say. The good owners, they let the personal, they, they, they make the, uh, they allow the personnel decision makers to go ahead and do that. They allow the general managers to say, you know what, this is the thing that um, you can do, and I'm not going to put my hands on it or whatsoever. But then it comes to the luxury tax type of thing. The Hornets aren't going to make the postseason maybe and they're certainly not contending for a a championship and he talks to Kimba himself like he's not hiding behind an email he's not hiding behind Mitch Kupchak to just be the bear of bad news I I think it was handled properly especially because I always thought it was the right move to move on from Kimba given the situation they were in and so it's it's just it's interesting to hear that from the man himself and providing honestly a little more closure than like I had already been good with it. You know, I I think, I think a lot of people were, but Kimba almost slams it shut. Even if you thought the door was cracked a little on you wanting more. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing. Like I thought it was a bad divorce. I think if anything, I feel like this was more of an amicable separation. People understood what it was, and they were grown about it. And that's something that you can feel good about, whether you were Kemba fan or you weren't. And more importantly, I just, I'm very, very happy this is the, like, finding out that this is the way it actually happened. Letting, like, because for a while, like I said, I, like, I thought this was a very, very bitter, like, very bitter divorce. And it comes out, turns out it's not. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and look, the one thing I don't, I don't want it to be like they went into the office and Kimba skipping out. Well, Michael tried Lottie, I'll go to Boston. Like I, it's a hard situation. You know, I I don't want it to be like every, Oh, it was all kumbaya in there. You know, and and Kimba did say, Hey, I just needed a bet on myself. You know, I just thought I was worth more than what the Hornets were able to give me. And you know that right, right. He was. And, And, and he, that line, I think, allowed me to understand that he understood that, hey, the Hornets just didn't have it because of all the money that they had tied up in a bunch of other dudes, and it was just time to move on. So I, I think that was something to take note of, even more so than other things Kimba said in this interview with Zach Lowe. Let's take a quick break. Let's finish up some of the Kimba topics and then maybe even just talk. A, we we got to get to the league pass rankings. It, it's oh, It'll be over a week. It'll be too obsolete next week. I want to get my thought and give my thoughts on that. So we'll talk about that coming up next in the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. We said it Monday. They lost to the Pips. They didn't lose to Gladys Knight. They lost to the Pips. They lost to the backup band. They lost to Steve. Now, granted, depending on the backup band, that's still a impressive backup band. If it's like Stevie Wonder's backup band, then yeah, it's awesome. But if it's like (laughs) Kings of Leon backup band, totally different. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. The content just keeps coming in. We're, we're going to have to break news. We had to with Leangelo as we started this recording, and now we're also going to give you some more coming out from the Charlotte Hornets organization. Gordon Hayward has cleared COVID-19 health and safety protocol. So Gordon Hayward back in the game 
as well as Kelly Oubre, who is returning to practice after his ankle issue. So Kelly looks like he'll be good for October 20th. Nothing too crazy long after Mason came back. I believe that was two days ago. He returned from health and safety Mm -hmm. protocols. Gordon Hayward returning as of 1 p.m. when we're recording this, 1.10 to be exact. Gordon just announced that he would be back a couple of minutes ago. So good news there. Nada, nice to see those guys are back. Hey, at this point, the only person that you're worried about Showing up for the 20th is Terry Rozier, which I think they still right. need. But at least having Gordon Hayward back probably in the starting lineup for next Wednesday is a very, very big thing. Yeah, hopefully Terry can play because they because they do. You know, we can have the contract conversation, whatever. But he, he clearly is a big part of this team. They certainly need him October 20th against the Pacers. That'll be the debut of the season. We still are on Miles Bridges extension watch. We're three days away from the deadline. It'll be the last day once we get back together on Monday. So we'll see if anything happens there. Obviously, as the days go by, you have to imagine the chances of that happening are slim, um, but we'll obviously keep you updated. And if anything happens, we'll talk about it on the podcast. I do want to talk about Built Bar, though, because I'm going to extend my partnership with Built Bar. It's probably going to be a lifetime contract with how good these Built Bars are. (laughs) The delicious flavors of the staples that they have, mint brownie, double chocolate, orange and strawberry, even raspberry. So, so good. And what's crazy is not only are they high in protein, but they're low in calories and they're low in sugar. They're also high in fiber. It's a healthy bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's ridiculous. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's get to some of the other fun things that Kemba talked about. This is kind of where the nostalgia kicks in, but it's good stuff. It's just fun memories of uh, the uh, the Hornets and the Bobcats. Like we can find the comedic value in the seven and 59 season. That was just so bad. Um, So Zach Lowe references a couple of conversations that he had with Gerald Henderson uh, with Al Jefferson about that seven and 59 season. You know, Kemba talks about how rough of a year that was. And they tell the story how Kemba's rookie year, Kemba goes back into the locker room after they just got drubbed, right? I mean, that was, you know, just another day of that season for the Charlotte Bobcats at the time. And Kemba apparently throws a tirade. It's like, hey, I'm tired of this bleep. We can't keep losing. We got to play harder. This is unacceptable. Half of the veterans in that locker room were like, dude, this is not something you can keep up for at that time, a 66-game season. We're going to have to play again in like two days. This is not something that can be frequent. The other half of the locker room was like, hey, man, this guy really cares. We've got something here. I like the care that he's showing to all of us right now. And I thought that was pretty cool. Kimba said, uh, yeah, Gerald Henderson told Zach Lowe that story, I think. And Kimba confirmed that. The other thing that kept popping up, Nada, is just how hard of a worker is. Like, I I do think all of these athletes, yes, they're all talented. A lot of them work extremely hard. I do think Kimba with how he seems to genuinely talk about the importance of determination. I think he's a little bit of a different cat when it comes to working hard. Yeah, absolutely. I do believe that he does work hard. Just like the workout stories are legendary. Like I yeah, remember, especially like, with the, biggest, the shooting. Yeah. Especially with the shooting with Bruce Kreutzer. And I just remember like the times he came off of um, like his, like when he ever got his knee drained, those couple of times he got his knee drained. I just remember hearing stories about how he was already back in the gym a little bit early and everything else like that. He's a notorious hard worker, and sometimes I wonder if that works to his detriment, and that's maybe why the knee is not in such great shape as it is right now. It's because he overworks himself. I think 
I, I do believe that that may be a part of it. But at, honestly, the stories that we could tell about Kemba Walker's like work ethic are legendary. And there are a lot of those stories around. Yeah, and especially with the shooting and Zach Lowe referenced how, yeah, he thought maybe Kimba's transformation and his jump shot, especially especially the three-point shooting ability, it was maybe one of the biggest transformations that he'd ever seen from an NBA player, the way that he couldn't shoot and then turned into one of the more dangerous shooters in all of the association. And Kimba gave, you mentioned it, I think it's Kreitzer, I think that's how you pronounce it, but Bruce Kreitzer, I think, is the guy that he gave all of the credit to, really. And Cliff, he said he remembers having conversations with him um, but yeah, he says Bruce Kreitzer really helped him and how, you know, he, he really helped transform his jump shot and he put so much work in and that's something Zach Lowe, even a couple of years ago when Kimba broke out with the Hornets that last year, uh, Zach Lowe did a feature on that and put it on ESPN. The other thing I want to mention Nada is that he talked about a story that was actually a story told here on this podcast by a person that was mentioned <laughs> in the story, Kimba told on Zach I love Lowe. This, I'll explain. I love this part. So Zach Lowe talked about Al Jefferson. Kimba loves himself some Al Jefferson, called Big Al one of the best teammates that he's ever had in his entire career. And Zach Lowe asked Kimba for an Al story. The one he gave him was one Al Jefferson gave on this podcast when we talked to him back in 2019. Excellent guest. I mean, Big Al is just the freaking greatest himself. But Al told us the story about him coming to Charlotte and how Kimba played a part in that. When it was free agency in the summer, both of those guys got together. Kimba told him, what do you think about Charlotte? Now I was like, nah, man, just downplayed it, brushed off his shoulder, never actually gave it any thought to Kimba. But then eventually Kimba found out, oh, yeah, Al is coming. He's going to sign. And he talked about how it was funny. Those two guys hit it off right from the get go. As soon as they met, Kimba talked about how he always loved Al's game, how he traded for Al before he was a member of the team in the NBA 2K video game that he had before he was even a member. Um, so pretty cool to hear that relationship, but not a I mean, he told a story that was on this pod that we had already we talked broke about it in 2019, first, right? Like, like right. we broke it first at this right. point and we will go look for the uh, we will go look for that episode where we talked to Al because that was like one of those big wasn't that like the big three weekend where they were in like pre pandemic the before times when we were again because I think it was like me you and Doug talking at that point. Yeah. Yeah. We, we went to the 730 the game studios and we studios. were able to talk to Al and as soon as like as soon as I knew I was going to be able to get him. I, it, what's crazy is I, I got him through some obscure PR person that mm -hmm. I haven't I don't even talk to as uh, as much anymore, but it was just it wasn't like with the team. It wasn't like, hey, let me reach out for Al. Somebody was like, hey, you know, I, I've, I've got Al Jefferson, former NBA player. If you want to talk to him, I was like, wait, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, I want to talk to Al. Um, so, yeah, that was the day that we were able to do. That it was a fun episode. That was a fun episode. So I'm glad that you know what? We got to break a story that everybody else should have had and everything else like that. We thank you for the contact. We thank you for the content. You should have credited us first, though. Yeah, that's right, Kimba. Come on. Why don't you listen? And if you don't listen, if you do listen, then you should be crediting us. Al did also tell a story how like they would get on him for never using his left hand ever. And, and Zach Lowe <laughs> asked Al in an interview one time, 
about that saying, yeah, yeah th- you're very right hand dominant. And then he said, Al stopped and he was like, listen, Zach, you could cut off my left arm and I'd be just as effective. I'm good. <laughs> like I don't need my left hand. I'm all good. And it's true. You know, he was it's really very good true. Uh, very enough true. to at least be a third team all NBA member. Let's talk about the Zach Lowe league pass rankings before we get you to the weekend here. Nada. Um, Charlotte Hornets ranked fifth in the league pass rankings. And the only four teams that were above them were all either NBA championship contenders or the Golden State Warriors, which are clearly going to be intriguing with the uh, return of a Clay Thompson, James Wiseman. Is he going to be anything in the second year? The two rookies that they drafted, Steph Curry is must see television. So I think the point to drive home is here, like the Hornets are the most entertaining team that doesn't have an established NBA superstar, even, you know, LaMelo is not there yet and or is not competing for an NBA championship. And I think that goes to speak about how entertaining everybody finds this uh, franchise. As I've said all summer, the Hornets have a brand. They have a type. They have they have an identity. And Hornets basketball is up-tempo basketball that you can watch. They may not be able to defend me or you half the time, but at the, at the same time, it's a very entertaining brand that you're not sure is going to actually make the playoffs. And for right now, that is an awesome development for what they're going to do. We'll see about wins and losses, but at this point, just embrace the fun. Just embrace the process. Remember, this is year three of an official rebuild. You want them to see to take steps, but at the same time, this is a very entertaining brand of basketball that is only surpassed by four other teams, and they're all championship contenders and or the greatest shooter alive. Right. So this is what he writes. He, he says the algorithm might be as over enthusiastic about the bouncy bugs as Eric Collins, Charlotte's charmingly bombastic play by play man is in screaming about a lamello ball long too, as if ball has discovered the cure for the coronavirus. I mean, that is just excellent writing. <laughs> it's so true. Yes. Yes. The free throws. The Eric Collins really became a superstar with the way that lamello ball was able to bring upon all this attention for them last year. And by the way, they announced a lot of the ticket packages that includes a lamello ball bobblehead with some of the theme nights that they have in store for this upcoming season. Um, so yeah, Eric Collins getting a reference there from Zach, which by the way, like Zach has mentioned in the past when watching the Hornets on league pass before they were in the top 10 most entertaining teams has always made the jokes like never really a fan. You know, like he's, yeah. he's had some, some references to Eric Collins that weren't exactly the most redeeming. Like he's not about this over enthusiastic stuff. And so now it's like, yeah, you, you can see what Zach Lowe is talking about here. And he probably doesn't necessarily mean it in a 100% good way. No, he doesn't. But that's here's, here's my thing about this. And this is something that I mentioned before, like this game, these are supposed to be fun. Like, and, and guys like, Eric Collins, Gus Johnson, do they get overenthusiastic? Yes, that, that's going to be their thing. But I'd much rather that than the business-like approach that everybody seems to prepare, seems to want. These games are supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be a fun experience. I'd rather err on the side of this guy's having too much fun doing what he does rather than mm-hmm. be the dour guy Like we don't, and I guess here's my other part problem with it. We assign this to guys like Gus Johnson, Eric Collins. We don't ever say anything about Kevin Harlan, who was notoriously over the top. 
the closest thing we do when we get to a white guy that's too over enthusiastic at his job is that we talk bad about Joe Tessitore. Like <laughs> at some point, you almost need him to be more enthusiastic, right? No, yeah. I yeah, I was about to say you know, like, like I'm sorry at some point, like I'd much rather them err on the side of having fun. And if this is going to be the case where we're going to have these party poopers coming in and out of town saying, Hey, they need to tamp it down. Like quite honestly, they can, they, they can go shove it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, the thing about Eric Collins, like I get it is if, if you come from this extremely polished broadcasting opinion, you know, and it's like, Hey, he's not doing it right. You know, whatever. Like, you know, for me, I'm kind of with you on that. Nada. I mean, it, maybe it, it's over the top sometimes, but also like that's his shtick. Like, I don't care what gets you your money. You know, I don't care what makes you unique. You know, it, and, unless it's Skip Bayless, like I usually have a Skip yeah. Bayless rule. He's the outlier in all of this, just being a constant hater. I just hate being a constant hater. That's one thing I, I, I don't like getting all of that money off of making sure that everyone knows you hate LeBron and you're just this crazy dude, you know, but even like Stephen A. Smith, dude, definitely got problems. Definitely has some crazy opinions, but yeah, Stephen, but, but so I, don't, I don't have any pr- yeah, right. Exactly. So anyways, Eric Collins, do your thing, man. And, and you did it well last year. And by the way, one thing I do want to mention, and I've mentioned a million times about Eric Collins, even just the normal play-by-play stuff, the normal sequence of a game, that dude, crazy good. Like that, it, it almost, the over-enthusiasm, uh, the over-enthusiasm almost takes away from how damn good he is at just yeah. the regular sequence of a game going back and forth, man. I'm telling you right now, try to, if, if you, if in a blowout or whatever, try to block out some of the excitement, which is like yeah, granted 70% of the That's game. part of the package. Yeah, but but block out the excitement and just see how he calls a game maybe with a different sport because he's doing a lot of other projects too besides the Hornets. That dude is just flat out fundamentally fantastic and 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 it takes away. So I, I just want people to realize that too. Like it's not just the shit that gets it that makes him good. He's as good as as a lot of people in the country at just even the normal flow of the game. All right, Absolutely. I'm sorry. Let's let, let's end it. It'll, we'll go long enough. Enjoy him, um, like literally enjoy him while he's here because he is going to get a national job at some point. Hornets fans enjoy him while he's here, and I think he can adapt to you know yep. whatever so role I. you want him to do. He's he's damn good, man. He really is, and this is just what he's doing because the Hornets have not been fun. Hence the whole seven and fifty nine thing we talked about. All right, we'll just make the pod go a little bit longer here. I do want to talk about a couple of other things. One, he said. Uh, with Graham and um, excuse me, he said the Hornets moved the ball and used super fun centerless lineups. Those groups ran really small last season with Devonte and Terry and Charlotte compensated by playing way more zone than anyone. That's a nice strategic change up he said with Graham out and both Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre available. The Hornets have access to bigger and switchier small ball groups. How about ball Oubre Hayward Bridges and PJ Washington even Rogier a crunch dime God last season, which is true has a six foot eight wingspan. That's misleading. James Borrego faces is a testy decision. Either start game centerless or use the Hayward Bridges Washington as the sixth man. And then he talks about how good Miles Bridges has become. He says he can't wait to see how much more Miles has, especially on defense. And if Washington shows similar all around growth, it goes to the theme of this season, not a all about internal improvement. That's the key. Lamelo, PJ Miles. That is the three that can be a big time swing decision for where this team can end up. And I can't wait to see what happens this year for from specifically those three players. I can't neither can I. And, and honestly, I feel good about the growth from Miles and P, uh, Miles and LaMelo. It's PJ the Washington that switches this. 
Like that's that's the big thing that I I will say. It's PJ Washington that'll make this team if he's able to solidify rebounding and make sure that his team defend get grabbed all those defensive rebounds. This is a playoff team. If not, it's going to be more of last year, and that's going to be the thing that changes all of this. Well, and, and the other thing that he mentions is how polished of a scorer can Ball uh, become in the half court. I think that's huge. You know, we we've kind of like when we talk about what Lamelo's ceiling is. You know, I, I've kind of wondered: is he a twenty point a game guy? Does he get to 25? Not this year, but like, is that even just within the realm of possibility on a good, good basketball team where he's efficient, scoring 25 a game, and is the shooting real? And is he going to become a polished scorer in the half court? That's another big question about your potential superstar on this roster. Yeah, no, like literally, it's one of the few questions, but I am, uh, I'm excited to see what LaMelo does. I'm, I'm excited to see what some other folks do. But for the most part, just I really just hope that the re, it's the only thing that I worry about with this team. What are they going to get from the center position? If they don't get anything else, like this is not going to go far. Yeah, and he mentioned the small ball lineups. At least you still have PJ that kind of unlocks that power, you know, for you to have those small uh, ball lineups such as you do and still be very effective. So um, we'll see how it all goes down. All right, that'll do it for Lockdown Horn. It's a long one, but you're going into the weekend. So hopefully you could spare some time before you go have fun doing whatever uh, this Saturday and Sunday. Thanks again for joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Uh, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Lockdown NBA podcast. Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Lockdown on podcast network have a great day and we'll be back with you on monday to get you ready for the nba season ahead that starts on wednesday